Lucifer. I am. I thought it was time we had another conversation. You want to hear about how lost and stubborn your precious creation has become? You have tried over and over again to muddy those waters, to cloud their understanding of my perfect love. My goal isn't to get them to be with me. My goal is to keep them from being with you. Your time of destruction is coming to an end. Why? Why? Jesus, my son. The move of my spirit is powerful and there is nothing you can do to stop it. Oh, but I have over and over again. I have used so many to stop you. Oh, so that's why my church no longer exists? No, I did. I, I stopped what could have been. <laughs> I think our little chat has come to an end. Hello, I'm Robert Shepard, and on November 1st, which is All Saints Day, we have an exciting opportunity at the FFX Theater in Virginia Beach on 16th Street. We're going to be showing a film that I made a couple of years ago called Lucifer and the Father. And yes, it is a conversation between God and Satan. And it's going to be starting at 7 o'clock, so the doors are going to open at 6.30. And then following that, we're very pleased to say that Scott Galbraith, who actually plays Satan in the film, is coming in from Massachusetts, and he's going to be here. And following the screening, we'll have a question and an answer, and we can talk to you about behind the scenes, how it was filmed, and all the other ins and outs. So we hope that, first of all, You'll think about that and then put it on your calendar, November 1st, 7 p.m., doors open at 6.30 at the great FFX Theater in Virginia Beach. So we hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Robert Shepard. America has approximately 580,000 homeless people. My area of Virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets. A Google search can show the homeless number in your state. You can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on Fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie. The CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless.
things on mute. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. No. So we are getting ready for uh, Shonda Pierce. And uh, just to hear her story and to talk about life, you know, life, love, comedy. I'm going to talk about all If you don't know who Shonda Pierce is, get ready because uh, she she is a fireball. Uh, just hilarious but sincere. And uh, I don't think that people understand how brave comedians really are. Uh, comedians have such a powerful platform uh, because they uh, they genuinely reach people in places through laughter uh things that they, their ability to bring insight through laughter in ways that we would be offended is just it's it's an art it really it really is an art it really is a skill uh that a lot of people just don't uh have you know and, and but it's so needed because you know the bible does say that um laughter is like medicine for the soul it's so I agree with that 100% uh, that laughter is medicine for the soul because uh, realistically, <laughs> realistically, there are certain situations that, that will take the laughter right out of you. You know, there's, there are certain uh, things that we can go through that will snatch the the joy right out of you, the, the love right out of you. The, the There's things that can happen in your life that, you know, really make you think is there anything to smile about is there anything to laugh about grief there's grief uh there's uh you know poverty there's struggle hurt disabilities all types of things that that life can throw at you and you just wonder you know well two things usually happen a lot of times people go god where are you you know um and then there's a lot of places where people just uh wait a minute my green screen just made my cup disappear because it's a green cup. Isn't that cool? It's sorry, I'm not really the most professional. Uh, <laughs> I kind of I do what I want. All right, so um, you guys know about WGLZ Current FM. This is where we uh, do our radio broadcast. This particular show is for. Uh, real life with Duke White and Current FM, so it's going to be it's the radio show and the television show at the same time. Uh, we got oh, she just came in. We got Shonda Pierce here with us. What is going on? How are you doing? <laughs> I am so good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Pastor Dan, you know I I tune in every now and then. You don't believe that, but I do. Oh, you see, so you know I'm crazy then. That's good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's good that you tune in. You got like, yeah, he's, I tell people the crazy people get stuff done, though. You know what I mean? Isn't that the truth? You know, I just have a book coming out in the spring, and I tease everybody going, Well, that'll be the end of my career because when they read it, they'll go, Man, you know, she really is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see, you got the Celsius. Oh, you are one of us. Yes, Celsius. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Red yeah, Bull is for kids. <laughs> Red Bulls for kids. Um, well, first of all, thank you for, for taking the interview with us. Uh, we really do appreciate you taking your precious time uh, to do quite that. All right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. Well, well, so yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, 
I, I, when I when I said that we were doing the interview, uh, it, I said well, the first thing we have to do is talk about just just the platform and freedom that that comedians have to actually tell the truth and people have the switch truth. I know. Can you believe it? You know, it's I funny. So, you I'm so it. jealous of you guys. I'm so jealous of you guys. <laughs> I have, you know, when I show up at a church from time to time, a pastor will give me a list of what he'd like me to say because he goes, you can say it and get by with it. I will get in trouble, you know, but it is true. Uh, I think the gift of what comedy can be, you know, uh, I always say sarcasm. That's my, my superpower. Oh, um, I believe but it. it, there is a way of couching a story that becomes more palatable, but you know, what's interesting. We're in a culture where even right now they're, you know, political correctness is just is killing us and they're censoring comics. And I always say, you know, if you start censoring comics and, and I'm talking about, and believe me, there's some I'd like to wash their mouth out for them, you know, because they're just filthy. However, if you begin to censor them, you're going to take away a whole map uh, and a blueprint of what's going on in culture. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you start watering it down, if you go and listen to some of your favorite old comics, you'll ha you'll have a really good blueprint of what was happening in those days, you know, from. From Joan Rivers to Richard Pryor, yes, they, they need a clean mouth, but you can also, you'll be able to see what's happening in culture and what they're, you know, jabbing at or what we're laughing about. No. So when you start taking, you know, some of their freedom away, you're going to, you're going to miss that blueprint. And, and at the same time, I wish all comics would be clean, but they don't know my Jesus. <laughs> right, right. And, and people, you know, people are where they are. Uh, right. They, their their gifts are what they are. So you know, right? That's exactly it, right. One of those types of things. I tell people that God God is in the people making business, and yeah. you know, when people do what they want with what He gave them. That you, that doesn't mean change. Like we don't want to eliminate music because there's filthy music. Right. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I brought this up is because. The, it's as serious as the word of God is and as serious as life is, right. you have this thing where it says that laughter is medicine for the soul. Yeah. How, how have you always taken that? You know, I, well, one, I always chuckle at how many pastors will introduce me using that very verse. <laughs> it's almost like they're trying to ask their audience. Original and I knew I wasn't. No, like, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to get permission from their congregation, you know, that, yeah, don't remember. Prophet says laughter doeth good like a medicine. But the truth of the matter is I know it to be true in my personal life so that I am able to dispense the medicine for an audience, which is the way the Lord intended, I believe, is for right. us to laugh. He has given us, and you're so right, Pastor, he's given us every emotion and and using them all correctly. It's, the Bible says be angry, but sin not. So it's okay to be righteous indignation and being angry about what's going on or if you've been wronged, you know, uh, but, but it says sin not. So in other words, don't let that anger kill someone, you know what I mean? Right. Or, or cause you to sin. Um, but the medicine of laughter is the same way used correctly. The levity, you know, it's, it's, it's a known fact that uh, doctors will play funny Absolutely. comedy videos in the oncology room 
while their while their chemotherapy is being dispersed throughout their body it's it's just a fact of your body and the way the lord designed you that laughter does uh make the endorphins move and make that medicine move faster and so it's the same way in in what i do for a living you pray that 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 before the night's over people will have a reprieve from what they brought in the room or and even more importantly they will know that the gift came from god and right. maybe they'll be open to just knowing who god is yeah yeah, yeah I, I i think it's such a <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. It's such a serious thing. Laughter. No, you're exactly right. Somebody <laughs> asked me one time, are there subjects that you, you know, is, is it okay to make uh, light of anything? Is, is everything on the table when it comes to comedy? Personally, I don't think so. I think there, you know, there's a lot of things. But what I do love about comedy is what it can highlight. Um, you can take That's the sting right. away from racism by being funny. Yeah, yeah. You can take the sting away from, um, you know, it, it, the, you know, the fall down drunk is not so funny until you can make it funny and highlight, let's don't go get drunk. You know, oh, let's don't go get drunk. So, yeah. check this out. so you made this one joke that just had me, you said, you said, uh, I'm not really a joke teller. I'm more of a storyteller. Right. And then you said, what's the difference between a Baptist and Episcopal? <laughs> and you said, Episcopal will we'll greet you in the liquor store. That's right. <laughs> That's my favorite joke in the world. The I'm always cracking up because yeah. I think of, you know, when I'm in a crowd and, and there's always a million denominations in there and, uh, you know, and you go through the list and I'll say, any Episcopalians here, you already had your two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And it's not, I think it's not about making people feel uncomfortable. Right. But I think it's more about inviting people to be who they are. To be right. able to say, hey, listen, it, God sees you, and and we are like, don't take yourself so seriously. Absolutely, you know, uh, that's that's one of the things that gets me in trouble a lot of times. That I don't take myself seriously. Like, dude, you're a professional, and I'm like, you said that, not me. You know, Pastor, God made you like you are, and uh, you know, there's not another Duke White. There's not another. Of where you are, he puts you exactly right where you, you know, I started to say Lieutenant Dan. He put <laughs> Lieutenant Dan right where he's he supposed would, to be. Yep, he put, yep, yeah. Yep. So every every single person is, is uh, you know, if you're guided by what God has for you in your life, right? Um, then that's the good thing, you know. Well, and you know, I, I want to bring this up because uh, when we talk about laughter being medicine, for the soul, it, it really is about dealing with the difficulties of life and and being able to take that. Like you said that reprieve. Um, so there is this honesty that yeah. that believers don't want to talk about sometimes. But life is hard. It is hard. You know, it life is life is hard. And and um, I had the opportunity of checking out your movie, uh, your documentary, which was so touching, uh, and yeah. it was so beautiful. For you to share your journey because you could have easily hid behind uh the deception that i grew up with myself because i used to figure trying to figure out how are these comedians happy every day how does nothing ever happen to them like why does god yeah. love comedians more than everybody else yeah and then you then they share their story and you find out yeah well you oh. know look at the comics we've lost 
I, I, there's two parts to that. I believe, uh, pastor Duke, there is, there's the part that says, uh, we can deflect our pain through comedy and we use the comedy to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and that works for a while and people around you will chuckle, but when the chuckling is over, you're still left with that pain. Yeah. And so comedy becomes what they're hiding in. It's almost like their drug. But then what happens to, I think a lot of secular comics, like, you know, we lost Robin Williams. We we've lost so many incredible minds. And it's because I think that euphoric feeling that they get, you know, uh, on it. And so that euphoric feeling that you get, they want to mimic that 24 seven. And so they want to feel that way when they go home. And so the only option for them to feel that way is drugs or alcohol or filling their life up with other things that is, that's going to destroy them because they're trying no. to mimic that good feeling. Uh, and yet we still, if you study a lot of lives of comedians, many of them come from really broken harsh and difficult situations and i think maybe is it is it because god found them a path that that is so joyful that gives them the reprieve from what from where they came to get there you know it's just a great reprieve well, i have I, a, you're right I, no, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, uh idea uh, you know especially being that you're in the field uh i i know that there is uh especially the the one one uh, when you feel that connection of bringing joy and making people laugh and things like that, one that is a great distraction from whatever is going on in your own life. Right. Uh, I remember, I remember being that guy. I remember going, being the life of the party, uh, yeah. but it was mainly because of the insecurity. You know yes. what I mean? Going, yes. God forbid, yeah. God forbid if there was silence because we didn't, you yeah. know, like, well, I got to say something. I guess, exactly. I and you know, I was a middle child, so we are we are, you know, give me give me some attention. Hello, yeah, yeah. Like you I couldn't stand people that were comfortable with silence. It's like, what's wrong with you? My therapist, she just loves that. I'm like, stop. Somebody say something. Yeah, exactly. So 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 um, you know, one of the things that I think that uh this is you know, when I think about the image of the church, and it's like we it, it's so weird because we're supposed to be this pillar of love and joy and then yes. most people's perspective of church is where you, you go right before you die like it's, it's yeah. like where you bury people it's you know, somber like, it's somber it's like this well, pastor I, i've been in churches where they're already dead they just sat there is <laughs> breathing and figured out yeah i get it <laughs> No, but so what? What like? What do you say to that? To the, and the, but then of course you get to the extreme where the church becomes so much about entertainment that God's yeah. like, can I get on the bus? Like, can I? How do you I feel about it, that? Where, where I think you, uh, it's uh, probably a word. I I work hard in my own personal life. Uh, balance. There's yeah. got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. The sanctuary. You know, I always feel honored when someone invites me into their in, into their sanctuary, into their house. And so you have to be respectful what what goes on in the four walls of that particular church. Um, I, you know, I, I work a lot of theater buildings, so that's kind of nice because yeah, it's like yeah. mutual turf. But you know, as a preacher's kid, I grew up with great respect for the church, and yet a great viewpoint of where we where we miss it. And it's it 
it's okay to say we we're failing in a lot of churches. You know, pastor, I remember when they first got divorce care <laughs> and that was like in the early eighties. And we really thought we were doing something. Well, I always laughed and said, well, half the audience was already divorced. So they should have had it, but long before, before they yeah, yeah. we're always behind. Uh, it makes me frustrated sometimes because the church is always a little bit behind in, in going after those hurting in particular cultures. And we, right now our churches need Alcoholic Anonymous. I mean, our churches need, you know, drug abuse issues. Our churches need to be dealing with the, you know, the, the, the abortion issue and have some unwed mothers into your church. You know, let's talk about, let, let's step it up and, and really be what the church needs to be. And yeah. the best way you could present that idea instead of, you know, instead of, you know, picket signs outside, maybe, maybe through humor, we can, uh, you know, open up the church's eyes a little bit and the congregation. But I, I always say sometimes I get these young people that'll go, our church music just sucks and blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? They'll, they'll be dead soon. <laughs> so have patience. <laughs> They're dying. So you can take over. <laughs> I mean, it's like, put it in perspective. Yeah. Don't throw your hands. Don't wash your hands of the church. Just have patience and balance and have balance. But I'm like you. I'm like you. I get so frustrated at the, uh, you know, I I tell this story all the time that I I used to, I went to a mega church for for a long time. and, And there was a time when the curtain rises and the smoke machine starts and the praise band is rock. And it's wonderful. And God deserves all that. But it, and I sat back in the big gulp chair with the little cup holder in the sanctuary, and for a minute I go, "What in the world are we doing? doing if right. Jesus was here, he'd probably be under a tree this morning, gathering a group, right. just having a chat. You know what I mean? That yeah. instead of needing to look like the world, and at the same time, shame on us as a congregation that we want all that." We want to be. Oh, here. yeah. Our attention spans like a cocker spaniel puppy, you know. <laughs> that, that was really good. I just saw a church full of cocker spaniel puppies. <laughs> I'm a visual person. So, like, while you're talking, I'm I just seeing saw it. Yeah. I just saw the whole thing. Let me ask you this because I know you were talking about the different cultures. One of the one of the things that I think the uh, that we've got to be aware of is mental health issues. And then watching your oh. video, watching your movie, uh, I know you talked about your father's situation and you, yes. now that, you know how it had like there's a Bible in one hand and a gun on the other. Like which ones? Like growing up like that, you'd yeah. almost be like, what is there to laugh about? One and right. two, uh, like realistically, you know. How, where is God in those moments? You know, and then I'm just saying from a kid's perspective, it's like, right. where's God in those moments? What is there to laugh about? And and how come no one in the church can see this? Where Where is where is the identifying that this is happening? Yeah. You, know, well, and, and- you know, on my mother's behalf, in the in the late 60s and early 70s and, and later 70s, when all this was happening in our family, you know, on her behalf, women back in those days, you stand by your man, you know, for one thing. And so he, she kept us in that and probably for too long, but also we, we stay in it to protect the church. You know, you protect the church at all costs, even at the, at the cost of 
the spiritual growth of your own children. And my brother and I, it's interesting, our childhood, our, our dysfunction manifests itself in two different ways. For me, it, it eventually manifests itself in great depression. In my brother, it manifests itself in great addiction. And so, and both of those things are very linked, you know, I think it's interesting that he, he went the route uh, when he got his life together and he became a pastor and, and though he had never dealt with the childhood issues, it finally manifests itself in addiction and he, and he blew his life wide open. He wrote a book called Failure and How I Achieved It which I'm so jealous of the title, but um, it's That's so good. good. Yeah. But, so and good. then I got my life together and I became a comedian, whatever. And then the childhood issues start surfacing and I, and it resulted in great depression for me. So your body, and I tell people this all the time, and this goes so true to mental health and the church, your body will protect itself at all costs. And so the best thing you can do is cooperate. Your mind is going to allow that stuff to come out. It's either going to come in overeating or addiction or behavioral patterns that you can't seem to break. Promiscuity when you've been abused no. as a young child. It's going to come out with at, with anger or, or uh, anger issues, you know, uh, all of those things. It's because your body is trying to tell you something. Your mind needs to unwind and unload. And so incredible Christian counselors and pastors who want to sit down with you and pour that out because everything you drag out of the dark into the light has no more power over you. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage pastors out there. Don't be intimidated by saying you need some help. You need some professional right. help. Uh, yeah, you, you're not less of a man or a woman of God because you have to take medication. Uh uh, and you know that—that's the saddest part of the story. In 1969, my father was given an, a prescription of lithium, which is supposed to stabilize your mood. My father was extremely bipolar, and of course, back then you didn't hardly know what bipolar was. It was called manic depressive. You know what I mean? But somebody in the church found out he was taking medicine and ran a petition around that 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 if he continues to do that, they won't have any confidence in his preaching. And I used to tell that because my heart wasn't in the right place. I used to tell right. Oakland those women were still alive <laughs> right. and they could hear me because that pill would have changed my life. It would have changed our whole family, but it, we went through such dysfunction. And the sad thing is in the midst of this dysfunction, both my sisters died. One was killed in a car wreck and one died with leukemia. And so all that piled on and I wished they would have lived long enough to send seen better, a better healthy family. Oh, you, and that yeah, would have I, happened if, if our denomination or those group of people would have been more open to going, you know what, this organ is no different than any other organ in your body. And without it working well, nothing in your body is going to work well. So why aren't we medicating and taking care of it or finding doctors that can work on this? Uh, we're always running after the medicine. Yeah. What makes me scared about that is that God himself is like banging down heaven going, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Like, hey man, yes. we, need this, we need to take the, he might be taking that seriously. If he's, if he's saying there's not like, he's literally saying there's nothing yes. I can even do if you're not willing to learn. Right. You know, I, when I went to a psychiatric hospital because I wanted to jump off a cliff, the sweetest, one of the sweetest things, and I, I know God has just got us, you know, sitting up there just waiting for me to cry out for help. And when I did, 
the PhD, the doctor who was there to help me prescribe medicine was a born again Christian who dedicated wow. his life to finding solutions. You know, the guy who invented Prozac was the son of Christian missionaries. We, we forget God puts people and gives them knowledge. Like you said, it's, it's we who are not embracing that or we become little mini gods and we want to tell people how God is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. And, yeah. And that's, what's the horrible disservice is God. You know, I, I think it, God's got to bless his heart. He, it, he'd be striking more people dead. So he must have a sense of humor. You know, you know, <laughs> I said, bless his heart. Bless God's heart. Yeah. God's heart. No, but you know what? I, I, I do actually think about that all the time. And, and, you know, uh, the Bible does make it clear that he's full of grace, right? This full yes, of grace. Christ but, he the Lord. but I don't think he doesn't lower his standard. What he does is he sends people like you to wake us up, to see, sends people like you to lead us to, to, to bring awareness. Like you said, he sends people who are, who are, who are not going to be intimidated. You know, it's funny. It's almost like when you can go through so much hell by yes. yourself that it just frees you from this technically is like, I don't care what people think because I yeah. know I'm kind of done with all that. I can't yeah. afford it. My brother has a great line when someone's, you know, when I'm, when I, if I start grieving one sister, it leads to grieving both, you know? So, so, but so he'll go, you can't sit in that. You can't sit in that too long. And so he used to teach me to set an egg timer. Now my brother's a, a PhD in psychology. So, you know, but he'll set an egg timer and he'll go, you want to grieve your husband. That's perfectly normal. Now set an egg timer and you're going to give that thought that just that little bit of time. Cause if you linger there, you can't afford that. It will bring you right. down and bring you down. So like your anger, I'm frustrated. This set an egg timer and I, you, you can just rant and rave and talk to God about it and be frustrated, but you can't stay there. So you can't afford to stay there. You know, well, that's what's the beautiful thing about church. Go to church yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Get, get in the word, you know, cause you can't afford to stay where you were all week long. No, it, it, it will absolutely ruin you. Uh, yes. one, one of my biggest concerns for people is, is the, the, the conversation that we need to have. I know uh, when I saw something as weak as the racial divide, shift uh, the church, I saw something that uh, I'm like, not this subject. Not, not this. This yes, is so, yes. You, yes. But everyone's like, "What do we do? How do we address the black folks? How do we address yes, the white?" Yes, exactly. And I was like, "No, you guys, we're, we're, something else is wrong." There's yes, that's exactly that should that, you know, that should be a no brain. That should be one issue we don't have to deal with in the church. We should all know that's the one place we can all be equal. But sadly, it's not always, you know. Honey, I'm from like, the South. Yeah. We still struggle. <laughs> I mean, as, I, as my son says, God, God, God can save anybody, but he can't save stupid. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And, and when you think about this particular, the, the, you know, I understand that we need to do uh, like more financial awareness, but when the, the way I handled the racial thing I know came yeah. from God because I would have never saw it in a million years. But it was like if you take the the conversation of black and white out and yes. replace it with man and woman, you're yes. having the same conversation. That's Men, exactly right. That's exactly. Like, 
It's just like the same conversation. And, like, and everybody steps back and they're like, wait a minute, that's a good point. We're having the same conversation of yes. black and white yes. women. It's like, we've got if to start. I get around, if I happen into someone that, you know, in the South who's just a racist pig, you know, I, I just say that for you. But uh, when I get around somebody like that, my, I always take out my phone and go, oh, let me show you pictures of my sons. <laughs> one's black and one's white. And I just wait for them to just like swallow their tongue. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean anything by well, it. I, go, got, yeah, yeah. I got the opportunity to sit down with the head of the KKK a few years ago, about two years ago. Wow. He's a pastor. His name's Pastor Thomas Robb. Uh, that that and, just make you want to throw up, though. Come on. No, I wanted to know, like, how ignorant are you? I was you be a pastor. Well, you know what? But so, so here's the thing: we ended up having such a great conversation because we saw the. I, we started talking about the two extremes that there are black yeah. people that yeah. that they're supposed to be in control of white people, and so it's like. Yeah, uh, that's true. Oh, there's so, extremes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. These extremes, and I was just like, well, since we've talked about these, the one funny part that you're gonna laugh at is oh, that boy. they they believe the 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 core of their belief is that uh, Noah's Ark, the two by two animals, yes, were all <laughs> the other races. Noah, Noah and his family were white. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but in the Bible, they ain't a white person in the Bible. They're all they're all Arabic or Hebrew or something. They're not. We tried to show them. We tried to show them in the conversation. We tried to show them. And oh like, when you know, like this life started in Africa, right? Like you, and he says Africa was white. And we're like, it's on the equator, bro. Like <laughs> It is now because people got stolen from there. We're gonna release the footage, but we're just waiting for the right time. But it was just oh great. my stars! It's just and, uh, I, 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 that's what bothers me the most because people need the Lord so much. And people like people get turned off of religion because of people like him that just go, yeah, you know what? Yeah. That's not. I don't want anything to do with God. And I was I one of those people for a long time. You know when when I I remember when I first heard about you, uh, I just knew you were black. <laughs> <laughs> my son Bonehead and he says that all the time. He goes, he said, uh, everybody thinks my mama Shonda is black because her, but like, but she ain't Shondrella. She's Shonda. And he See, said that because when I was born, I sucked all the pigment right out of her skin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said it, I said I was like Shonda when I first. When I first found yeah. out about you, I was just like, I know she's, she knows she's black. And when I saw you, I was like, being black. She's, she that was like, do you get that a lot? Do you do you get that a lot? When you, uh, I do you get that a lot. All of a sudden, I live out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm on the back porch. Everything's fine. And two Chinook helicopters just went by. And I thought maybe you couldn't hear me. I was like, what? Of all days. You know, it's like. Yeah, no, of all days, it's only when you got something to do. That oh, yeah, to... that's the truth. But, you know, I, I that, you know, it's back to that idea, uh, Pastor, the gift of what comedy can be to diffuse a situation. Um, yes. You know, my favorite joke now is this culture is in such trouble. We don't even know what they are. So look in your britches. What parts <laughs> do you see? That's what you are. You know, yeah. and oh, I get the ugly mail. And I said, because I'm not talking about how you feel. How you feel and your feelings are, we, we could talk about validating them. We could talk about getting help for your feelings. We could, you know, but your feelings, 
if I lived my life based on how I feel in menopause, I'd be changing how I feel every five minutes. So I have to base my life on fact. And it's people like that crazy pastor you talk to, which I so admire. He's, he's dispersing the wrong facts. You know, it's just it's, the devil is dispersing the wrong facts. The Bible says, yeah. No, no, no. You're not even just act like you didn't just say in menopause and then just keep going. <laughs> you can't live your life on feelings. <laughs> so, because you just said on menopause and then went to, went to the depths of the heavens. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's it, baby. If you, you know, I'll tell you, girls, you need to know Jesus before you get to menopause, or somebody in your house will die. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. And you're and, not old enough, but your wife will be there someday. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is that I want, I'm trying, this is what I want. I want to have those types of conversations so that people don't die. I want to, I'm like, this like, right. <laughs> Like if, if if we had the conversation, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, th these things happen in the future, but but I tell people, this is, there's a difference between living and ending up in a situation. And when you That's find out, right. like, oh, we should, we should have known about this 20 years ago. So you get yeah. a helmet, you get a helmet or something, <laughs> hide out in the back and a, a camper in the back or something, you would be able to hide out in a safe place. <laughs> the areas that were unprepared for and god's yes. like yo talk about it you know and i think yeah. you, this, this is why i'm jealous of you because <laughs> you guys get up there and can just talk about everything and i'm like get by when, with I, it. when i'm saying it, when i say it i'm the bad guy when she <laughs> said it's funny you said the same thing yeah, that's exactly right. You, it is, uh, and, and you know a lot of that. And you're, you're, you're doing amazing work because you'll, you change that. You're going to change that in culture. Church people are not what they used to be when I was a kid. We, there's not a whole lot of those stuffy people left. They are dying. <laughs> they are dying off, or they don't just they, or they just don't invite me to their church. <laughs> right, right. She's not welcome here. Yeah. You know, that's one good thing. After doing this 30, I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, yeah. People are always going, now, do you have people just stomp out and get mad? I go, no, after 30 years, people have done their research. They don't come to my show. <laughs> I do have to address this. I do have to address this uh, in the, in the documentary, such a beautiful moment. Uh, oh. the, this girl that really, really loves you and adores your work yes. and, and everything. She had a chance to meet you, and then you found out that that she had walked all this way from her hotel room, and you oh, let her yeah. on the bus. You yeah. let her on the bus, gave her a ride back, and I was oh, like, "Yes, and I talked with food in my mouth. I'll never forget that." <laughs> no, I thought you were a little crazy. I was like, "She's a little crazy. She's a little crazy." Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but like I said, crazy people get stuff done. Uh, yeah. But, but the, th the thing is that I, it, it was beautiful because you didn't let your celebrity create yes. a fear in you yeah. right because it's like you didn't let your celebrity create a fear in you where it's like because we have pastors that are like i'm too well known in this town to not have bodyguards oh don't even get me started one <laughs> night i was in concert at this great big mega church 
and the pastor was like on the second row or whatever. I've been talking about an hour and here comes the little deacons bringing pastor a cold bottle of water and a towel or whatever. And I just stopped everything and said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, you I've been didn't. working for an hour. <laughs> He's just sitting here watching. Y'all bring him a Pepsi and I'm up here dying in the seat and I called him out on it. And it was... <laughs> Wait a minute. He's not the man of God tonight. He bought a ticket, honey. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. Did but it me? is true. We do get, let me tell you something. I, I have been around politicians who think they're too high and mighty and I drop them. You know, it's like, especially if you're going to call yourself a Christ follower and then you're going to act like more than a servant. Because as a Christ follower, that's basically who we are. We serve God and we serve and we are there to help the down and out. And we can never forget that. And at the same time, you know, if, if Michael W. Smith invites me on his plane, I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, and he, but I love people like him. He has done very well. He flies himself to work and flies himself home sometimes. And yet I also know the giving that he does in his life. That's where the difference is. When you have these churches and this uh, God, these godlike mentality where they need to be served, uh, you know, some of that is maybe the trappings of the world that's eked into their their community. Uh, maybe sometimes it is because they they do get bothered or whatever. But most of the time, it's the ego driven. You know, and they forget yeah. Jesus walked around in sandals. They just forget. And, and I would, you, would you run around? Yeah, go ahead. I was, was going to say the same way you said that you can hide behind comedy, you can hide behind ministry. Uh, all the time. And there's probably, you know, there's there's a joke there we should tell. But for those who want to be treated that way, there is probably some insecurity they could probably tap into yeah. and get, deal and deal with. Um, you know, and I, I will say, you know, you you have the churches that want to call them. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's the first lady and it's the bishops and then, you know, and that's all great. It's all really great. But make sure when you get off the platform that you're still not bishop and first lady, that you can still be, that you can still uh, touch the average. I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about that with yourself. Yeah. Uh, do you find yourself having to be like, oh, great. I'm around people that know who I am. I have to be funny now. Do you find yourself like, like where you're, where you're like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure 20 years ago, I was that obnoxious <laughs> now, now. And, it, and I, I live in a small town where, and I moved back here on purpose where everybody knew me and my husband as the high schoolers from this County. And yeah. I can walk through Walmart. And nobody really cares. Once in a while, you'll have somebody going, oh, I love this or thank you for what you did for that and this and that and the other. And so those things I love. But I I am blessed because I think it starts, you have to position yourself to be the average person. Those people that want to be treated so high and mighty, they position themselves to be treated like that. That, that, you know, it always says it comes from the top down and it's true when what they are saying or how they carry themselves make you untouchable. Well, I think that probably lends itself to people. If you're untouchable, they got people want to get curious and get in your face and, you know, yeah. all that. for me, I'm just, you know, I position by, I'm the average person. I tell funny stories about average people and so they see me in Walmart, they're like, Hey girl, you know, you know, and that's it. You know, I don't, 
And you're like, wait, did you understand that I'm important? Wait, 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 wait you, don't just, uh, you don't get to just say, hey, girl, it's, it's this is. I tried to tell that to my kids, it didn't work, you know. Right. Once you don't, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but but I, I do want to ask you this because I know one of the things that you, and guys, if you were watching, please go make sure you check out the documentary. Uh, and, you know, it, the, the one thing that you, you talked about, you're like, this is my life. You're on a tour bus. And, yeah. Uh, you definitely turned me off from desiring thing or for you. Like, it's just like, I'm lazy. I'm like, I need, I can't do that. That's <laughs> she, she like, on the road. It's go, go, go. Uh, that you're looking out the window. Like, this is my morning. This is yep. you know, yeah. like, and, and you know, I, I guess there is a routine, right? There's a routine. Yes. It's happens. like a rolling tin can, you know, it, yeah, it yeah. is it's the hard good. part for road life. And it's probably for anybody salesmen who are on the road all the time. Absolutely. Uh, You've, you know, we're one way we're blessed and then you could stop and get something to eat. When you get home, ain't nobody going to fix you nothing to eat. You got to get up and get it yourself. You know, it's like, so you forget, I, I you know, on the dangers of the road. I, and I told about this in this book, I'm kind of telling everything. I said, the dangers of relationship on the road is going, well, that guy meets my every need. And then you have to realize, oh, that's what he's paid to do. So I go home to a husband who may not get up and, you know, fix me. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you have to remember, wait a minute, that this is the man I'm married to and he's the he's real. This thing on the road, that is not real. You know, and I, I think it's the same way with celebrity, that celebrity feeling. Um, mm -hmm. I get uncomfortable when people are giddy and enamored, and and I and I understand that and I'm very flattered. But I'm probably more afraid of success than I am failure because yeah. I've seen successful people that drop. And when you get really big and drop, it's a hard fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, don't treat me that way because I'm going to fail you probably because I'm human, you know. Yeah. No. So, uh, really? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got reborn again. No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to flip it on you, like we're walking. We're from yeah. Nadu, Nadu. you know. Uh, but I want to ask you this because I know you did theater and I know you've done movies. Yeah. Uh, what do you prefer? Uh, live audience is always, you know, just it gives me that added fuel. Um, move. I did a. I did a. It's funny. I did like both at the same time. I did a thing not long ago called the Confession. It was a musical, and they recorded it to play live. I mean, they recorded it in a live audience and then played it in the movie theater. And so that was like killing two birds with one stone. But once that, once that show started, it didn't stop. So it was very much a theatrical piece, but it had a live audience. And so it did give us a, a, a little bit of extra fuel. But I don't know, as I think about retiring and I am thinking about it, you know, after 30 some years on the road, I, I, I want a life. <laughs> And I realized, yeah. you know, I, people are, are you dating now? And I'm well, like, no, I've never like felt, yeah, I need a life. Yeah, like, why, why aren't you dating? And I go, because I don't know anybody in my hometown. <laughs> no, seriously, there's these two sides of me like, you can't retire. You know, like, <laughs> you can't retire. And then there's this other side. It's like, she wants a life, bro. It's not your, like, well, like that's, that's, as a fan. It's that word. Pastor, it's that word I struggle with. Just ask my therapist. Balance. I got to yeah, yeah. You got to find balance. And you have to learn that it's okay to say no. You know, um, I had managers. Thing. Managers said, you got to get while the getting's good. And I about wore myself out. And so I've got, I got people around me now that are smart going, you know, you're 63. You don't have to do 30 dates a month, you know, 
Do 12 because we all want to eat. So. <laughs> 30 gigs a month. <laughs> no, because that's rough. It's like, yeah, we, yeah. Have you ever said the wrong place that you're in the wrong place? Like the wrong oh, time? Oh, Lord, yes. Yes, all the time. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, just, it's just awful. It's just like going, hey, it's so great to be in Pittsburgh. And everybody laughs. What's well, funny? You're in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, I got you. I got you. Now, what, 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 when you when you think about the uh, direction that you know, I'm, I'm noticing a lot more faith based comedians that are coming out. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you know, that's finally, it, yeah, right, right. You know, and and, and so, um, how does the church like say, hey, the, the creative arts are important to God? Yes. How do yes. we surround you guys and cover you guys and and walk with you? Because you know, um, I, I, I sometimes I feel like there's a competition. Like, oh, I, I, I don't want to be more famous than my pastor. Well, no one knows who your pastor is. Like, Let me tell you, my pastor wants me to be famous as I can because we're in a building program, and he knows I'm going to. <laughs> my pastor's like, you get yourself out there and get famous because we we need a new nursery at church. When the time is when it's time to tithe, it only goes to one person. It's you. It's like, That's exactly right. Oh, we're good. Then, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest things I will say, and I tell this to young people all the time, the arts were created as a form of praise and to glorify God. When you read back in Psalms that David danced before the Lord and the psalmist, they were writing incredible poetry, you know, to the Lord. There were the muse people of kingdoms back then, to, you know, keep the, the king happy and all that. So God was in the mix of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so what Satan's job is, is to pervert anything and everything that is for good. And so his job is to pervert it. That's why you got rap music you can't play for your kids because it's so filthy. But you do have Lecrae, you know, so, so right. turn them on to Lecrae. You know, get them all excited about that artist. So you like country music? Well, there's some country music songs that are just downright silly, if not racist. So turn them on to Zach Williams. You know, man, he plays a good rock, you know, country rock guitar. So there are people and alternate things to do. And so the bottom line for those of Christ followers, support those people. Don't go, don't go and give your money to these people that are going to do nothing but, but dishonor God and say nasty stuff and drag your children down a path they don't need to go. But your dollar still speaks to the world. That's why things like The Chosen and this and the movies that come up and all of a sudden they're blockbusters is because that's why Tyler Perry does so well. People are looking for good entertainment with that godly twist at the end. And and finally, the church world is getting that. And when the more those things get uplifted, the more Hollywood will come along going, oh, there's money in that. You know, and they don't even know they're working for the good side. Yeah. They just yeah. know they're going after a dollar. But while they're going after a dollar, God's all of a sudden getting lifted up and glorified. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. I, I tell people all the time, use people's greed against them. You know, absolutely. If we reach the standard, which is one of the things I got, I got to talk to you about. How are you on time? Are you good on time? Or you I got, got a few minutes? Yeah, I'm watching the clock. I got this yeah. is my interview day, so 
Yeah, so one of the things I got, I got to talk to you about is, you know, I've heard this a million times that Christian movies are cheesy and this and yeah. that. And like, have you heard that? You've heard that? Like, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Let's be honest. There was a time they were. One, we don't have the money. We don't have the money that some of these blockbuster, you know, I did a movie called Roll With It. It didn't make it on the list of double awards because I don't think it was clean enough. I think I said, you know, butt crack or something that got me kicked out. <laughs> so, but all that to say, we don't, we don't have the dollars to make what other people, so we, to afford the, the, you know, the A actor, we can get the C actor, you know, we can, we can afford the lighting guy that's going to cost $150,000. We got the $50,000 guy, you know, so be kind, you know, about those movies, but they're not the greatest. It's because we don't have the budget. We don't have the money because we also know we're going after a small piece of the pie in order to get that money back. So right. as our movies get bigger, they get better because all of a sudden our piece of pie got a little bigger. So now we can afford to put a little more money, more money into it. So it's all an economical thing. I see people that'll fuss and go, oh, that was so that was so corny. That was such a corny movie. And I go, well, did you go see it? Well, no, I waited till it came out on blah, blah, blah. I go, well, you should have gone seen it because your ticket dollar will help the next movie being made get even better. It's because then all of a sudden economically where they're figuring out, oh, we're growing our piece of the pie so we can put a little more money in our investment. Yeah. And it, it's just economy. Um, but what's great, we but when when God's people start rising up, however, it speaks volumes to the people who are investing and the people that do have the money, and they'll go, okay, this is a decent investment. We'll get our return on our dollar, and so let's go make this movie. And and it, they're getting better and better. Plus, we're getting more and more believers in the arts. They don't even have to be a Christian movie, but you, we are finding out that our, there are directors and mainstream actors that are born again Christians. And I love that because they're really infiltrating where they need to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you used the word infiltrating because when you look at how uh, like Christ put on flesh and became like, yes. that's, the model. that's the model where everyone else has like these gods that are in their religions and you know they, there's these gods that are so high and mighty right our, our god like came down and became one of us and related like that yes. and we love the we love the uh rags to riches story but yes, we, we did. A god that that did he rich, went from riches to rags just for us yeah just for us and so it's yeah. like and that, that that means our value is so high and i think that when we come together I'm convinced that we uh, we're just an unstoppable force when we come together. You know what I mean? Now I know you're going to be in, you're going to be in Hampton, Virginia, October seventh. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. October seventh at Bethel, and it's just called Bethel. Uh, and you know, are are you going to be in the Hampton Roads area anytime? Like like from that, or you're just like. Choom! I go to the next city and the next city is kind of how it, uh, how it works. You know, you try to, I, at, at my age, I try to make the best of the time I'm out on the road. So we go city to city to city and then come home for a few days. But yeah. I, I still, as much as, you know, I think, Oh, I want to wind it down. I love my job. I love, I love people that come. It is just like this, Pastor Duke. We just have conversation. I just happen yeah. to have the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do know that. Do you notice the difference, or do you have to tra change your comedy? And this is, this, I've always tried to, to help, especially comedians like, "Hey, man, you got to know how to read the room." Do you <laughs> yes. Know, 
Do you know when you're in a stuffier situation? Oh, yeah. Uh, where was last week? This past weekend, I forgot where was I, but it was like the top of Lake Erie, you know, almost to the Canadian border. And I was on a roll and, you know, a few chuckles here and there. And didn't feel like they were chuckling like I would like. And I go, and this is why this is as far north as I go. <laughs> if I go any further, I got to have interpreters. You know? right, right, right. So, so how, how do you deal with, uh, have you have you have well first of all who is your are you your worst critic who's your worst critic is i you? am my I, my son is my worst critic <laughs> my son is a comedy connoisseur and okay. he he like he likes all comedy not you know he not thinks true. christian comedians can be soft but i'm like well we are we have that boundary called jesus right. But uh, but he is good about saying, "Mom, that's, you you can think of a better wordage that's you know a little you can you can step on the just a little bit, Mom." And he makes me think, you know, and so that's good. I think down through the years, my comedy has probably gotten edgier and more uh, well rounded when it when it used to be so directed to the church. Now I I think I think a, an unchurched person could come to my show and still crack up laughing. And that's yeah. why I do get a lot of work corporately and things like that, because it's just a clean show. And at the same time, I've always used my platform to turn the corner at some point in the night to tell them why, why I'm really there. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's just my MO. It doesn't have to be every Christian comedians, you know, clean comedian, whatever, but that that's just what God has asked, felt like God has wanted me to do for 30 years. But I love the good comics that are still got at comedy clubs holding up that dark space for something clean, you know, and something good because it is a it's a rough, rough um, career. I mean, the stand up comedy world is really, really rough. So when you see people rising up right now, one of my favorite comics is Nate Bargatze. And I remember when he's just a little kid and he's selling our arenas now. And, you know, I. The first time I met him, he's like, Miss Shonda, I love your comedy, blah, blah. And now he's like this great big superstar. He doesn't call himself a Christian comedian. He's just a comedian, but he's a great godly guy. And I love that because it takes people by surprise when they find out, oh, oh, that's why he's probably clean. He, you know, he knows God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's such a great way, especially if you're not afraid to uh, address the topics that, yep. are, that are that are that people really yep. need to hear and, and understand. These topics are huge, and that because we we say topics, but it's really people's lives. Yeah, you know, it and, is. And, 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 uh, so, and we can't be afraid. You know, I I kept saying I am trying to get canceled. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> Please cancel me. Somebody out there, just cancel me. You know, I'm fine. Uh, because we are in this crazy crazy world you know of not being able to speak our truth and this is right. my truth it doesn't have to be yours but i applaud anybody's right to speak their truth i just happen my truth usually has a foundation in the word you know right. what i mean and so i i roll with that but um it is absolutely crazy now, do you get that because I, I could totally i could totally see someone seeing you or hearing your comedy and and being like you know well, you don't know what it's like to have struggle. You don't know what it's like to go. Through. <laughs> <laughs> I I watch the documentary, Pastor Duke. Watch. I can actually see that being your response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that being your. That's response. exactly right. You know, it is. Uh, 
it, it, but it is true. There are things I haven't ever had to deal with. I've never had to deal, deal with a child that comes and says, I want to be a girl or I want to be a boy. I want to be the opposite of what God created them to be. I've never had to deal with that. I have dealt with teenagers and their crises, you know, but I, and so my, my heart goes out to the parents that have had to deal with that and talk to them about, well, here's what the word says. And here's what I believe. And, you know, and yet I will still love you. You know, I will love you forever. That is, uh, there are topics I have never had to deal with an abortion and how it feels afterwards and what you have to live with the guilt or, or this is what you decided to do. And now you're ostracized by your girlfriends or your friends that I've never had to deal with that. But my heart goes out to the woman that had to make that decision, yeah. you know, and I pray as time goes on, the love of Jesus becomes more and more prevalent that they will not have to face that decision again. Yeah, you know, yeah, I get it. but until then you have to learn to be loving to everybody in all cultures. You know, I, I, it's funny. Um, I used to say all the time, this is now the culture's gotten so bigger. I said, a lot of people haven't had to deal, deal with their child dealing with their sexuality. Go befriend a, a gay guy. Go befriend somebody and just sit down and have a conversation, which pastor is just exactly what you did with this white supremacist nut job. At least you went to have the, in Jesus' name, you went and had the conversation, you know, and a lot of people are just afraid. We, we think all Muslims are going to blow us up. Have you ever sat down and had a conversation with a Muslim? Muslim yeah. Many of them are wonderful people. You know, right now, there are people are finding out, oh, people that, you know, make some of the movies, the Christian movies are Mormon. Well, go have a conversation with a Mormon. Right. You know, I have a very strong opinion about them versus Christianity, but I, but I have Mormon friends and they're wonderful people and God's going to, God's going to grow them, you know, to where he wants them to be. Um, and, and so, but it, we are so quick to judge, um, or, and as comedians, if we're not careful, we're so quick to jab when we, we don't have a heart for who it is that we're jabbing at. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't I, ever tease fat people because I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, I, I, you can't I, tease I, people if you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me get, let me, you know, because I know that uh, the media definitely tries to cast that fear on, especially comedians nowadays, on what they can and can't say. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think that people, confuse the, the I think people confuse the refusal of being bullied with being careless and it's like no I'm not gonna let you tell me what I can and can't say but I right. will be mindful of what I'm yes. saying I will, yes. you know what I mean yeah and nobody gets you can't get your words across when they're angry and yelling and shouting and all of that but have you ever sat down and had a conversation with someone who is so angry you know, I, I will say this I had an most incredible conversation with my son long, long time ago, Bone Hampton, my black son. And he, he was telling me, I said, explain this to me. Uh, what was it? Uh -oh, dogs. It was about, um, you know, uh, there's a word for it, but it's like a, a school that says we don't have enough black people. We got to let more black people oh, in. Yeah, um, and the head of Yes. And I said, explain that to me. And when he did, and from his childhood early on, and he said, I already had a stripe against me because of the color of my skin. And that's why 
these kind of uh, programs are great for people of color because then they do get a, a, a little chance to to equal the you know the amount. It changed my whole perspective on that. Just wow. completely changed my whole perspective because I didn't had not seen it with that color of skin on my face. And wow. so you have to sit down and have those conversations. And it's it's sad that even in the church, we're either afraid to have the conversation or we're still just so angry about something or we want to this these people that are picketing homosexuals, this church, what is it called? Westboro, whatever. That, they, Westboro Baptist. If I was the Baptist, as well. if I was the Baptist world, I would go. Please don't put our name in the Westboro <laughs> thing. You know, it it is that kind of a thing. That they, they just they do a disservice to the Lord Jesus when they treat religion their religion as a weapon instead of a a badge of beauty and honor and love. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I think about uh, the fact that that it, it so this happened recently uh it, it, it happens about once a year where this just huge re wake up call that while he was being beaten while he was being yeah. used wow. while he was being he was being crucified like while it was happening he goes yeah. father forgive them for they know not what they do and i'm like if, it's hard if, to remember that, isn't it? It's so hard. Yeah. You're taking too long with my fries, man. I got some yeah. thoughts. I got some thoughts towards you and how you're a reckless human being. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fries. And don't let them come back cold. Now, you know, you're I'm defining your entire existence as a human being because you messed up my order. And yeah. he's, yes. while he's being crucified, that's why this shirt says love on it. I don't know if you can see it. Let me see if I can stand up. It says love on it. You know, wow, I love it. That's what yeah. it is. It's because, like, love, you know, love has nothing to do. And I, I blame, I blame the seventies, eighties, and nineties uh, because we, we made it. We made everybody think that love was, you know, beautiful and you know, yes. all the love songs. We had no idea that love, except Pat Benatar. She understood. Yeah, and, sh and share what's love got to do. Got yeah, to do. Yeah. That love, love is a war, it's a battlefield. Yes. You've got to be strong to love. Yeah. And you know, what is it? If we would just remember that if God really, if you really believe God is in control, then he is in control of your sandwich that got made wrong. <laughs> and what if, what if it got made wrong? so that you could be kind and tender to the person who messed it up right. what if god was really giving you an opportunity and, and a it. test instead it. of instead of somebody picking on you what if it was god giving you an opportunity to display grace i believe in a hundred percent and and whatever yeah. reason you find not to give it that's the reason you found not to give it but yeah. But the reality is, it's like you'll see that same test again if you don't get this grace thing right, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think the that's other day I was at Cracker Barrel, and this is probably why I'm fat. But I was at Cracker Barrel and <laughs> loving it. But our waitress, she must have been having a hard day. But it everything was wrong, and it took us an, almost an hour to get our food. It was terrible. And before, I, and I was there to have a little, um, you know, business meeting and talking. To, and before I left, I, and this doesn't happen on if you're a waitress out there, but I happened to have a $50 bill in my purse. 
And I took the $50 bill and I wrote on the napkin, the God of the universe saw your tough day and loves you anyway. And I left her that $50 bill. And, um, and I never, you know, she didn't holler. She didn't know. I just left it on the table and left. What I didn't realize is that the per person I was meeting business with, and I was, you know, I had an opportunity to do something. And I just wanted to, you know, put my name in the hat that, that spoke volumes to him. I didn't even know he noticed that I did it. And so in other words, my display of grace, I think I felt like she was an opportunity. Here's an opportunity for me to show her that there's a God that loves her and sees her. There's a God that sees you. And, but I didn't realize that my display of grace would have a, a, another effect and that that would give me blessing in front of these people's eyes so that I could get to do something I've been wanting to do. It and, always does. Yeah. It, it, it always, it always does. does. It always yeah, does. This, this is such a broken world. And, you know, of course you, you know, this is why I even, I, I tell, my black brothers and sisters i'm like hey stop looking at white people and just assuming they don't know heartache struggle and it's like yeah. that sometimes that's a go-to you don't know my pain it's like man yeah. i grew up in a trailer park or i grew up you know, with, i was on food stamps and government cheese it's a wonder i can poop yeah you know it's like ah! <laughs> it's serious people sometimes get the idea like you know like you don't know what it's like to be you know black in america it's like well, you don't know what it's like to be the only white person in a black neighborhood. You know, like, so that's. Okay. When I was in the ninth grade, Pastor Duke, I played in the band. I played the flute. There was 89 people in the band. It was a big school mm -hmm. in Orangeburg, South Carolina. It was four of us that were white. Yep. And my brother said, I look like a, a piece of uh, rice <laughs> floating in a, you know, in pinto beans. And <laughs> And when we had to learn to march, I had to learn to march like my black brothers and sisters. And yeah. I'm horrible at it. Yeah. No, but it's true. It's true. Because th that's why I said it can't be this subject. It just throws us off so much. But, that's but right. When that's I look right. at the reality that when we're willing to listen, learn from each other, appreciate yeah. our differences. And I think that's one of the things that you really do with your comedy is that you really get people to see themselves, uh, learn how other people see life, learn how other things, you know, how, you know, and, and honestly, I, I, there's a, there's a, uh, I was going to say this earlier and I was like, man, one of the things that I get about you is that you let people know it's okay to journey forward in yes. life. Like where, yes. where most people are like, how can I stay here as long as possible? How can I stay as, comfortable as possible how can i stay as safe or you know uh how can, right. I, how can i keep what i know as long as possible but you're okay with journeying and discovering life you're yes. not afraid to to to, to step you know, out and that's hard it's hard pastor it, it, that that very statement i i needed to hear that today i'm gonna tear up i needed that that tender affirmation i have you know i have some people in my family that wish i would never talk you know, or, or they don't wish, they wish they were, you know, uh, I, let's just say like it is, I have a, you know, I have a child, I'm, I'm, I'm estranged from a child and it's, it's been the most horrible thing. It's been 12 years. It's the most horrible thing a parent can ever, 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 ever go through. And at the same time, I am penalized by even just saying these very words to you. And so it comes with a great toll sometimes to, to, allow your life 
to be a beacon of what what to do and what not to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so the, all I know how to be is honest. If someone asks me a question about it, I don't know how to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about that. Because usually the person asking me that question is a hurting mother that that needs some advice or needs someone to pray with or just wants to connect with somebody that might know how it feels. And yet I am chastised, you know, often. Um, and it's hard. It's, you, it's, you, it, it's it, that balance. It's balance. I'll, I'll tell you what, pioneers have pioneer problems. You know what wow. I mean? And, and yeah. so... Pioneers have pioneer problems. So people who are going to settle for comfort zone, settle for whatever part of their life, they're not going to have the same problems as people that are going to keep facing the new. Because that's when you're a pioneer, that's what you're constantly doing is facing the new. So this oh, is a new good. version of you. And yeah, it's just like it's this new version of you at the top of a mountain. There's a new version of you climbing down the mountain. And then, yeah. then there's a new version of you saying, let's do it again. Well, somebody else is like, I mean, I'm tapping out and looking at the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not climbing that. I don't know what's in that. You're like, no, this is where our this is where this our is where we are today. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I'm going up that mountain. I'm going into that. Wow, realm. good. And yeah. so it so and what what happens often is a lot of times pioneers because we also are relational people. We're relational creatures. Yes. We try to hold on to these relationships that actually can't handle the warfare that we were built for. Mm. Mm. So we'll listen to the advice. So we'll listen to the advice of people that can't even handle the warfare that we're going. Wow! Through. Oh, yeah. I needed that today. I needed that today. But I'm saying this because um, when I think about how you, you know, challenge, like when you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this road trip." I saw in your movie, in your documentary, I saw how you love that trip. You love that bus. And hate it at the same time. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it's yes. just like, they wait to get to the bus, and it's like, oh man, I can't wait to get back to my life. Like, and I think about that sacrifice that you've made and all that, and I think about the the investment. And you know, I even saw when you got the award. You know, I saw how you received it with joy, but you also included the sacrifice. You didn't. You didn't want to just play the role. Like you even said, my family made the same sacrifice with me. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and that's a beautiful thing, uh, and 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 that's something that only warriors understand. That's something that only pioneers understand. And so when we're constantly looking, because it does get lonely. So when we're constantly, yes. saying, you know, who else can understand? They're like, hey, listen, you go the furthest we've ever gone. So I don't know what to tell you. The only thing they can do is tell us what they know. Like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I <wouldn't> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's all black church. You know that, right? You know, <laughs> and you're like, I gotta go. I gotta do it. I gotta find out. I gotta know. And yeah, and I think that um, this is one of the other things that makes not just God, but even even the Messiah, even the prophets, you know, even the disciples and the apostles, and everybody that's carried the word of God. That is what makes us different. Is right to go when everyone else is like, Oh, don't say that, that makes them uncomfortable. You're like, I'm saying it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. So, I do, I, I don't want to get in trouble with you know, because I know you got you got to go. I know you have other interviews to do. This is why, do. this you. is why I said that I'm not professional, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not. I love I'm not. it. 
I'm You've not, been a blessing today. You've been a oh, great blessing. You, and so are you. You're a great blessing. Every city you go to, everywhere you go. October 7th, people, uh, Shonda Pierce is going to be at Bethel in Hampton. You got to get your tickets now. You want to be there. Uh, yeah. and, and make sure you And just so you know, I'm not one of those guys that get paid to be nice. You know what I mean? I, I really believe in you. You know what I mean? I really, <laughs> I really believe in you, and I love what you're doing. Uh, Thank you, you been such a blessing for years. You've been such a blessing. I mean, a tremendous blessing for years. Uh, and seeing that young lady that you let on the bus, and then she began to tell her story of everything she came through, and you stopped what you were doing. You had already done enough by letting her on the bus, and you listened to her and let her tell her story. You know, uh, that young lady is married with children now and doing great with in the Lord. And um, God is so good at just yeah. rewriting our stories. She rewrites our stories every day. Yeah. That is wonderful. Well, you got to promise that we're going to do this again. We will. Uh, That'll be awesome. Yeah, we got to do this again. This is great. Everybody, this is Shonda Pierce. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, we definitely love you. And we can't wait to see you on October 7th. Thank you, Pastor. I'll see you soon. That God is bless. so all right, everybody. So that was Shonda Pierce. Uh, and, you know, uh, I got to tell you, you know, we got to talk about a lot. And, uh, you know, it, there are these places where life can just hit us so hard. Guys, it is critical that we understand the power of the word of God. And if the word of God says that laughter is medicine for the soul, guys, you know, we got to find, don't let this world take your joy. Don't let this life take your joy. We've got to learn how to push back, you know, um, and, and, uh, cause it will, it will take our joy. It will burden us if we let it. So I want to encourage everybody to make sure you're there October 7th. Um, check out our YouTube channel, check out Shonda's, uh, Shonda Pierce's YouTube channel. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I even have to admit myself, that sometimes uh, life starts getting hard on me and it drives my daughter crazy because uh, faith is more like a, a terminator, like we're push through it. I'm like, I need something good to happen right now. I'm getting some chicken wings. <laughs> you know, some people go for a jog. I eat chicken wings. I, I was like, I need, I need something that I want to just do right now. But, but don't let this life steal your peace away. Don't let this life. Uh, I, and I got to encourage you guys to, Check out her documentary. It is absolutely amazing. Check out her documentary. Uh, I got to get going. We we actually filming for our uh, other television show. This this show will be airing on my TVZ next week. Uh, and so uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you didn't get a chance to see it live, you get to see it now. But that was Shonda Pierce, everybody. Uh, such a wonderful person. Such a brave soul. Such a pioneer in comedy. She's one of the most... Uh, powerful comedians in the in the world as far as christian uh faith-based not even faith-based actually female uh comedians in the world so guys she is an absolute wonderful person uh, and i hope you guys uh are gonna be able to attend let's pack the place out let's be a blessing to her uh she's absolutely amazing god bless you guys see you soon